Basilisk Eyes, a Harry Potter fanfiction by Hegemony, available on Archive of Our Own, fanfiction.net, and Wattpad. Author's note, the characters and story belong to J.K. Rowling, and the story starts at the end of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'd like to extend a special thanks to Irish Potato 2255 for volunteering and recording this chapter. You can find them on Spotify as Wolf or on Wattpad as Irish Potato 2255. Basilisk Guys, Chapter 7, Number 4, Privet Drive. Harry was having a really hard time focusing on what Haler Smithwick was telling him about the wood guide staff he was being given and the resources he could access at some center to help ease his transition as Hiller Smithwick had put it, to face this new challenge. Healer Andy had introduced the senior healer reverentially and had left to attend to other patients. Harry filled it with the stack of leaflets that had been shoved into his hand, resisting the urge to toss them aside, worthless as they were to him. Something in the back of his mind, sounded like Hermione, was telling him that he should really try to pay attention and that he might need to know this stuff. But he felt as if he were listening to everything through a long tunnel, that someone at the end of it was yelling instructions to him that were important, but that he couldn't quite comprehend them. In the fog of his despair, Hiller Smithwick's voice seemed to drone on endlessly. This staff is charmed to help you navigate independently, and warn you of danger in your path, the mystery that the restriction of underage magic should be modified, the spell can be used, some others that you'll receive after some adaptation courses, when you're out and about among muggles, you live with muggles, right? To use their tools for visually impaired. At some point, Madame Pomfrey had entered the exam room. She had excused herself for a bit to visit a fireplace for a conversation via flu with the headmaster. Harry heard Madame Pomfrey responding politely to the healer, and it seemed as though the interview was being wrapped up. Harry felt as though he were listening to the, all this through layers and layers of cotton balls. It was all muffled and distant. He was catching bits and pieces and guessed that they were talking about the upcoming dates of his adaptation courses and where they were located, some center in London that Harry didn't recognize, and the name of shops that carried accessibility tools, such as quick cook quills and book readers. Harry heard the scratching of a quill and the passing of paper and the sound of Madame Pomfrey stuffing the paper in her medi bag. Here, Madame Pomfrey, he said in a detached voice, moving the leaflets toward the sound of her bag. Could you put these in there, too? I'll have to read them later, he added with a tinge of sarcasm that she didn't seem to catch. Listlessly, he hung onto Madame Pomfrey's arm, holding his new staff in the other hand as they made their way down the echoing corridor. He felt lightheaded and slightly nauseous. He was self-conscious with his opaque glasses. Were they black? Shielding his eyes and clinging to Madame Pomfrey, imagining how he must look to those they were passing in the corridor. With a start, he wondered if they were heading back to the flu fireplace. We're not going to flu again, are we? he asked. Oh no, dear. That was disastrous, she said. And he could feel the slight jerking of her body as she shook her head. No, we'll take the night bus to your aunt's house. What? I can't go back to school? Harry blurted out in disbelief and stopped suddenly in the corridor. Could this day get any worse? No, dear. There's only a few weeks of school left, and with the exams canceled, there's not much point in you going back. School needs some time to figure out how to accommodate your needs, and you need some time at home to rest and learn how to get along. Best if you do that at home. Professor Dumbledore and I discussed it while you were meeting with Hiller Smithwick. He's sending an owl to your aunt and uncle telling them everything they need to know. Your school things will be packed up and sent home to you, so you need not worry about that. 
She hurried on, pulling him along. I need to get back to the school. There was an incident in the dungeons. Dung bombs and cauldrons. Professor Snape is tending to the burns. He doesn't have the best bedside manner. And you really need to rest. You'll have time this summer to learn how to get around, and you'll need to learn how to read and write Braille, I suppose. Braille is a mongrel form of writing with raised dots that you read with your fingers. Blind witches and wizards find it useful, too. The courses that you're signing up for will be a big help. Harry heard a finality in her tone and found that he didn't have the energy to protest. His voice withered and died, and he felt like a dried husk. They exited the building. Harry closed his eyes against the painful burst of light. At the curb, Madame Pompey stuck out her arm and somehow conjured a bus. It popped into the space in front of them with a squeal that set Harry's teeth on edge. They were greeted with a hearty welcome to the night bus by an individual with the worst halitosis Harry had ever experienced and climbed awkwardly on board. Madame Pomfrey paid the fare and Harry told them the destination address at Madame Pomfrey's prompting. He was so tempted to say the borough but remembered that Mrs. Weasley would be tending Jenny and probably didn't have time for him to. The bus lurched forward as Madame Pomfrey was helping Harry settle into his seat and she fell against him. So sorry, my dear, she said as she untangled herself from him and sat in the seat next to him. Glumly, he leaned against his staff and tried not to tumble out of his seat. The trip was over pretty quickly, and though Harry harbored a lot of dread about showing up at Privet Drive weeks before the end of term, he was relieved to be released from the insufferably jerky and bumpy ride. He wasn't sure which was worse, transportation by flu powder or by night bus. Had he been in a less despondent state of mind, he might have marveled at how incompetent the wizarding community seemed to be when it came to creating comfortable transportation. And then they were standing on the front stoop of number four Privet Drive, listening to the chimes of the doorbell echo through the house. Harry had had to feel around for the bell because Madame Pomfrey had no idea what he was talking about when he tried to explain the concept of a doorbell to her. What are you doing here? was the greeting Harry received from his aunt. He stood there numbly as the familiar odor of number four privet drive engulfed him. He felt as though he were drowning. Startled, no doubt, by the abruptness, Madame Pomfrey introduced herself. Hello, Mrs. Dursley. I'm Madame Pomfrey, matron of Hogwarts. Did you get the owl from Professor Dumbledore about Harry's, um accident no opportunity tried to deny but then sharply reversed it yes i did might we come in i can share some information with you about how to help harry petunia spoke over madame pomfrey i suppose you better come in harry felt his aunt's bony fingers close around his wrists as she pulled him inside he tripped over the threshold but managed to just keep from falling he was sure her impatience had everything to do with getting them out of sight of the neighbors nothing to do with welcoming him home the conversation with madame pomfrey was conducted in the hallway and was very brief Madame Pomfrey handed over the leaflets and parchment from the hospital and explained quickly about Harry's lack of vision, while Aunt Petunia responded with impatient grunts and sharp monosyllabic answers. Harry couldn't believe that Madame Pomfrey was going to leave him here. Can't she see how much I'm not wanted here? Doesn't she understand what she was condemning me to? He felt like he had been mistaken about her character. The trip through the flu network was the first indication. No, wait. That she couldn't cure my eyes. That she didn't even try that hard. She'd give them up on me before she even tried. Madame Pomfrey gave Harry a quick hug, reminded him of the upcoming training, and left him. His aunt left him without a word in the hallway. Stowing back to the kitchen, he heard the rubbish bin lid playing, and he imagined that she had just tossed all the literature he had received. He shrugged to himself. Even if he snuck back into the kitchen in the dead of night to retrieve the leaflets, he had no way to read them. They might as well be tossed. He also acknowledged to himself that there was no way the Dursleys were going to help him attend the adaptation courses. Resignedly, he used his staff to find the base of the stairs. He hadn't actually figured out how to use the magical features on it yet, and just resorted to poking around with it until he found the bottom step, and made his way up to his room. He closed the door behind him, located his bed, set the staff to the side, and laid down upon it fully clothed. After a long while of just lying miserably on the bed, he fell asleep.